The jungles of Indonesia have provided several episodes of interesting animal info so far. The terrain seems to hold a smorgasbord of offbeat animals, but none may be as strange as a particular forest pig with an odd dental deviance. Some adaptations have a clear purpose, giving an animal an advantage in daily life. However, some abilities, or anatomical oddities, seem to only provide a disadvantage to the organism. But mystery is something that any intrepid animal enthusiast must embrace in the exploration of life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's 30 minutes of interesting animal info for you. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about a big pig with interesting headgear. But more on He's that later. He's a big pig. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah, it's it, that's, that is some mighty headgear, but I'll let you talk about that. But for now, we're going to talk about the Buru Babirusa. Is that how you say it? That's how I was saying it in my head. The Buru Babadook. The uh, ba- Baby Rusa. It's Baby Ruth, sir. Yeah. Ba- the Baby Rutha. The Great Bambino. The Sultan <laughs> of Speaking of Bambi. The Colossus of Clout. Do, speaking of Bambi, do you know what, like, his name means? Like, apparently, ba- Baby Rusa, unless you're about to talk about that when you talk about names. I don't know. My very first name is from science is deer pigs. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what it is. Speaking of Bambi, they think people think this thing looks like a deer. Does oh, does Bambi mean deer? No, but Bambi is a famous oh, deer. Okay. Well, I mean, Sim- I Simba think, means no, lion. I think, so I think Rusa is the part that means deer, and then Babi is the part that means like pig in some language. Let's see if there's any etymology here no no one cares about its etymology <laughs> all right okay. so let's talk about something else instead so science like i said calls it a, the a deer pig um but it's also called a golden uh babirusa a hairy ba- babirusa brian called it the tuscan raider and then i came, i added all the nicknames from the, all the baby ruth nicknames this is baby rutha i'm gonna call it baby ruth for this whole this whole little shindig. Okay. So let's talk about how this thing classifies itself. What, what labels does it put on itself? Well, if it was wearing a name tag, that very first name tag would have a kingdom, and that kingdom would be Animalia because it likes it, it loves it, and it's in it. No, wait. <sighs> no. <laughs> you know it, you love it, you're in it. How many times have we done this? Uh, I don't know. We started around, we started saying that, like, Probably Maybe episode like 20s, 20s to 50s. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I can't remember. You know it. You love it. You're in it. There you go. Uh, the phylum is Chordata. Uh, it's got a little, well, not little, but it's got a spine. It's got a pig spine. Uh, the class is Mammalia. The order is Artiodactyla, which oh, is like, no. that might be the most common order we do. <laughs> I guess. Because guess what? We have to talk about the fact that humpback whales are an artiodactyla. And also like hippos and and things like that. Even toed ungulates. Yep. Uh, Even when you don't have toes, apparently. <laughs> Although they do have bones. And 
like finger-like bones they, in their fins. Even, even if they don't have toes, but as long as those toes are not odd toes. I'd say flippers <laughs> make odd toes. <laughs> True. Um, the family is Suidae. Suey. That no. must be where that comes from. It must be. Uh, the subfamily is Baby Rusinae. Baby Rusinae. Uh, the genus is Baby Rusa, and the species is Baby Russa, or Baby Russa. I'm gonna say Baby, ba- Baby Russa, because it's B A B Y, right there, Baby, and then Russa. So it looks like Red Baby, <laughs> like Esau. <laughs> baby Esau. Yeah, it's Esau. Oh, I, that, that's that's a deep cut, but I I wish I'd thought of it. Um. Well, since we're in the business of naming things, oh, so the, the binomial nomenclature is baby Rusa, baby Russa. So this is—I know this is getting confusing. So we're just going to call it baby Ruth. So since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for critter groups, the part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every single time, and that is, what is the name of a group of these animals, or what is? Then collective noun for these animals. Since I, since I couldn't find one for a baby rusa, um, I decided to go with the family, which is pigs. So, what is the name of a group of pigs? Is it A, a pharaoh of pigs? Is it B, a squeal of pigs? Is it C, a trough of pigs? Or is it D, a pen of pigs? Tell me that first one again. Pharaoh. F-A-R-R-O-W, not P-H-A-R-O-H. So Pharaoh, squeal, trough, and pen. I always think really hard about this, but it ultimately doesn't matter at all. It's such a good segment. I don't know what your problem is. (laughs) I'm going to go with Pharaoh just because the problem is with these, it's like, it's a herd of pigs. Yeah, but there's there's other ones. You have to go into the deep cuts so that it's not obvious. They're fun. That's the point of this. Pen of pigs. I'm sure many a farmer has referred to a group of pigs as a pen of pigs. Yeah, uh, I'm only if only if they're in a pen. You think? Am I just giving away the answers here? Can you just say the answer? Do you think it is? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Pharaoh, I guess. Pharaohs is the answer. Yeah, the other ones were too. You tricked me. See, Pharaoh, I'm always thinking like when it's a weird word that doesn't really make me think of the think about the animal. I'm like, well, that's a red herring. But a trough? No, there's no no. I mean that's too the other ones were too on the nose. It could have totally been a squeal the of pigs. The only one the pen the pen of pigs? The this this but that would mean uh, group plural nouns would have rhyme or reason. So that can't but be. But they often do. They just sometimes don't. They just, they often don't, but they sometimes do. It's like a wriggle, oh, there's a wriggle of worms. So that makes sense. Yeah, like a murder of crows. Yeah, because they, they, they. Or a parliament of murder owls. people. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk about where this thing lives now that we're done naming it. It lives on the Buru, Taliabu and Mangoli Islands of Indonesia. This specific one, the Burababirusa. There are lots of different, well, not lots. I think there's five different kinds of non-extinct Babirusas. Um, and this one, the, the, the golden, hairy one, 
uh, lives on only these three islands in Indonesia, Buru, Taliabu, and Mangoli. Uh, but for the most part, all Babiruses love tropical rainforests uh, that have dense underbrush. So let's talk about what this thing looks cool. like. We mentioned pig, and we're right. Uh, but it looks like a pig mixed with a pit bull, mixed with an elephant, mixed with alf. Um, I would give you a pig mixed with alf. Pit bull, no, get out. An elephant, I guess, just because it has a long snout. Yeah, it's got the it's got the longer kind of tapier snout. If you look at pictures of this, they're actually pretty muscular. They have really low um, body fat. So you you and the, and they you mean no, like a hog. Ho- hogs have pretty like have higher hog. body fat than, than or like a like a warthog. Yeah, but warthogs are not muscular. They are they 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 look I don't know. They look more lean. This is like. I, don't know, I saw a couple of pictures where you could see the definition of the muscles because it's got, uh, it's they're relatively hairless and have, uh, like really tight skin. So and pit bulls have really short hair, and so it, it just looks really powerful. It looks like a very powerful animal, unlike a pig, or any other pig, they just don't look as powerful. That's why I said pit bull, and Alf is definitely on the nose. Because it likes to eat, eat, it likes to eat cats. Because of the nose, so it, it looks like a big cantankerous muppet. It's very ugly. It has a potato-shaped body, four legs longer than your average pig's, and a cone-shaped head that comes down to, like I said, a tapir-like snout. It's not as long as a tapir's. It's tapered like a tapir. Yeah, it tapers down to a tapir. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a proboscis, but I would call it a snout, a taper snout. It has a thin whip-like tail, and um, the golden baby Ruth is apparently covered in long, thick, golden brown hair, but I could not find a single picture of one on the internet. They're on the vulnerable list along with all other baby Ruses, but I could only find pictures of other members of the species, or of the subfamily and genus. Did you find any pictures? I'm finding pictures that claim to be... The Buru Babirosa. I couldn't find it. <clears throat> yeah, I typed it in, and it was it would say the Buru Babirosa, and the I don't I see no long thick golden brown hair, like Theoden. Are we sure that that's a real thing? <laughs> what? That it actually has hair like that? Yes. It's it the Buru Babirosa's other names like its colloquial names are the hairy Babirosa and the golden Babirosa. It's legend. It's an animal of legend. It's a, yeah, it's a it's a cryptobabirusa, but it's not. It's a pretty big pig, but it's not anywhere close to the biggest pig, which is like a I think a a farm Yorkshire pig that you would that you would put slap a blue ribbon on at the at Zuckerman's fa- famous fair or whatever. Those things can get massive, but. I guess it's time to find out how massive this thing gets. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Yorkshire pig is the biggest. Yeah, and then like the giant forest hog. <laughs> it sounds sounds intimidating. Which 600 pounds, seven feet long. That is big. Um. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of big and pig, welcome to the beloved measure up segment. The official. Listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show 
when we present the animal size and dimension in, in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for you and me and the whole family and not Carlos. <gasps> it's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio of yourself singing, saying, or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We do have some new intros this week. Hooray. What a surprise. But they are people you know Ugh. well and well, so you don't have to guess anything about them unless you'd like to. I know well, not maybe not the listener. Yeah, yeah, that you, Carlos, knows well <clears throat> because you they you are the one that procured these. So I pressured them. <laughs> so the, you could just tell us who this is. This is uh, this is Caleb, my brother-in-law. Okie doke. Who uh, who loves to do accents. Oh, interesting. Okay. He's going to be on deployment for the next six months, so I want him to hear this before he leaves. Okay. And, and he when does he leave? Like in a couple weeks, I think. Okay, so this is coming out n- tomorrow for us, so he'll be able to hear it. Neat. Without further ado, uh, the listener's favorite part of the show. Blistering barnacles measure up, mate! <laughs> <laughs> is he, like, as good at... Like other accents, is he is at that one? Yeah, he's pretty good. He's he's doing a he's doing an imitation of um, Captain Haddock from the Adventures of Tintin. Oh, voice that's a deep voice by Andy Circus. Have you ever played the game oh, Utter Nonsense? No, but it sounds like a game about cows. It isn't. It's a game where you. This is not a sponsor. It's a it's a game where you. Uh, get a group, a bunch of, like, a hand of cards. Everyone gets some cards, and they say phrases on them. And then somebody plays, like a judge, will play a accent card, and everyone has to pick a phrase from their hand to say in that accent, and the judge chooses the best one. I feel like he would wreck at this game. So it's like apples to apples. Yeah, it's that kind of game where it's cards and there's a judge and they choose. It'd be hilarious if they're like really obscure. It's like, can you please do an Albanian accent? No, <laughs> oh, like it. I played it the other day, and you think it's like, oh, let's do Scottish and let's do English and we'll do uh, American Southern and Brooklyn and some of those are in there, but it's also a lot of like angry and like Wookie was in there stuff like. That some of them are like emotions. Some of them are things that don't say human words ever, like Wookiee. It sounds. So it sounds like, like it gets very silly. It gets very silly, and and you just to win, you just have to commit to looking and sounding stupid. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Japanese game shows. And I, I played with people that like I had met that day. Oh, and like if you have, uh, ang- um, and what is it? Social anxiety. Social anxiety, this is not the game for you. It does not sound like the game for anyone with that kind of uh, <laughs> issue. But it, but some people just watched, and I'm sure they had a great time. I, I would cringe watching. I'd rather play than watch. It's not very cringy if people, if people are, like, hesitant, then it's cringy. But if people are just going for it, it's funny. All right. What's the name of the game? Utter Nonsense. Yeah, okay. Uh, if, if you're listening and you're... Uh, 
an employee of utter nonsense uh let us have some sponsorship maybe i don't know send, send us some send, send us some moolah yeah oh should we do this segment yeah we should probably start <laughs> here we go let's talk body length they are 85 okay so speaking of this i there there is not a lot of information about the golden babirusa it is it is very as you said it's rare and endangered it's vulnerable or threatened rather vulnerable okay which is but I it also highest lives... on the list of like we need to pay attention to this kind of animal gotcha well it also lives in a forest in a in remote regions so it's not it's kind of hard to observe creatures in that situation so i there were there was information about their menstrual cycles but nothing about their relative size <laughs> <laughs> so they they took some very detailed information and tests, but they didn't bother to measure it when they had it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, these dimensions are for the Sulawesian. Is that correct? That sounds Sulawesian right. variety. So keep that in mind. Okay. They are eighty-five to one hundred and ten centimeters. Or 33 to 43 inches. Let's call it 43 inches. In Sulawesi, there are around 400 granite megaliths that were made by indigenous people starting as far back as 3000 BC. How many Babirusa go into the largest of these megaliths? A megalith. A super rock. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, I guess a megalith something like Stonehenge would count as a megalith or like the Easter Island heads. Yeah, that makes sense. Or like that thing that floats around in space in 2001, a space odyssey and scares all the astronauts. Of course. All right. So this thing's about a little over three and a half feet long. The Easter Island heads are really big. If they were bigger or more impressive than the Easter Island heads, I feel like we should, we would know about them. They would, they would be a, a household, name how big are the easter island heads i don't know they look to be i guess i've never actually seen a person standing next to them don't some of them have bodies underneath the soil i i don't know i think i heard that was a myth or maybe i'm thinking of something else you're thinking of diglett yeah yeah that he's a myth <laughs> Th- those look like they're about 15 feet tall so i feel like this must be smaller a 10 foot rock that's pretty big well here's a hint the stone structures depict human forms, large pillars, and stone slats. Their purpose is unknown. Stonehenge is really big. Also, purpose unknown. Some of these structures are like, like the oldest ones are guessed to be around 300 or 3000 BC. But the, there's very recent ones that are like 14, the 1400s. Hmm. Young and spry rocks. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll go with 15 feet sounds about right. And so what, this is three and a half. I'm going to be so wrong. It's good. These are going to be hundreds of feet tall, but we're going to go with 15. Um, so it's three and a half feet. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with 4.2. Uh, Babi Roos's, Sulawesi Babi Roos's go into one of these monoliths or megaliths final answer yes the correct answer is exactly what you said <laughs> down to the decimal no four babirusa 4.2 uh 
The largest megaliths are 15 feet tall. No way. I didn't even use, use a calculator for the for the math. Did I win? Did I win measure up? You won this round are we of done? measure up. <laughs> have, I, have I won my freedom? I, I was thinking, like, did you see this? I'm like, there's no way you would have to you had you would have had to qu- click the Sulawesi Wikipedia page, Control F uh, meters, and then find this. I, I most I most certainly did not do that. I'm just I'm just I'm just the best. You're just you're very you're you have your finger on the pulse of uh, anthropological artifacts. I feel like I would have gotten a lot more measure ups right if that were the case. <laughs> Fair. Uh, let's talk about weight. They're about a hundred kilograms or two hundred and twenty pounds. Big boys. What was yes? Indonesia was once home to the world's heaviest ten-year-old. <laughs> How? <laughs> I don't know. I probably shouldn't be laughing at that. This is probably like some sort of bad situation. I'm gonna put it this way: How many of one go into the other? Since last time there was a little bit of confusion about that. How many of one of these things go into the other? So it makes it harder for me because now I have to pick which one is heavier. Yeah, but at least it won't happen like last time where you misunderstood me or maybe I said it wrong and then everything got messed up. But then you won anyway, but whatever. Well, so the one guy who was like the tallest guy ever, he was like seven feet tall when he was 10 or something like that. Well, we're talking weight. So, the, the, so he, but he was heavy. He was because to be that tall, you got to be you're already pretty heavy. It's true. So I imagine that he was probably up there as a ten year old. So it's not impossible for this to be a one to one comparison, but that would be an immense ten year old if he was two hundred and twenty pounds. I have a very good hint for you. All right, give it to me. I said was once, but don't worry. He's okay. In fact, Arya Permana, which is his name, is 13 now and over 100 pounds lighter. He eats a diet of fish, vegetables, and fruit and enjoys playing football, I mean soccer, and badminton with his friends. Football. All right, I'm going to go one. The answer is one. One to one. One what? One, they're the same. Oh, they're, I guess it doesn't they're matter. The they're way. the same weight. <laughs> okay. Uh, the correct answer is 1.9 to ba- Babirusa. Uh, Aria Permana weighed three, 30 stone or 420 pounds. Oh, my goodness. He was a big boy. I can't, I can't, I can't even imagine this. Can't imagine what this child looked like. <laughs> well, he, he looked like he was very tall as well. Goodness gracious! But he's he's lost over. I think he's lost something in the neighborhood of 150 pounds. I mean, he, in the two years since he was 10 years he old, he said he lost over 100 pounds. And I was thinking, like, well, if he was 220 pounds and he lost 100 pounds, he'd be a 120 ten, pound 10 year old, which would still be crazy, but at least manageable. How I don't even know how heavy 10 year olds get. Um, clearly they can get up to 400 something pounds. That's bananas. <laughs> Speaking of bananas, let's talk about what this thing eats. Oh, they okay. so the babirusa is omnivorous, like all pigs. Uh, they eat leaves, roots, fruits, like the banana, bugs, worms, and small animals like frogs and squirrels or whatever they can find on their tiny little island. But they are also cannibals, and they will eat the young of other members of their species. 
No. I think it's safe to say that like all pigs, they have no qualms with eating literally anything that is edible. But you hear the stories of like pigs that will eat people. Yeah. Yeah. They'll eat just about anything. So let's go into the fast facts before we hit up the major fact. Uh, Baby Ruth has a lifespan of about 24 years in the wild. Um, His meat. This sounds weird because now we're talking about Baby Ruth, a man. Um, the meat is a, is a delicacy, and they're not very fatty, like I said before. So they only have 1.25% body fat as opposed to pigs that have up to 15% body fat. Oh, wow. So they're, they're muscular, lean, mean, tuscular machines. Um, and they don't have a rostral bone in their nose, which actually sets them apart from every other uh, fam- or genus of pigs. And this means they can't do their characteristic rooting around in the hard dirt and clay like like all other pigs. Um, instead, they have to find roots in soft mud or sand. Now, the, ro- the rostral bone is there, is that it's like a the hard bone at the t- that runs from the tip of their nose up. So they just have kind of like a soft, a soft snout. Right. And uh, that's all I got. Okay. Are you ready for the major I am. fact? The the majorest fact of this episode. Okay. Babirusa have lower canines that protrude to form large tusks, similar to warthogs. However, warthog tusks are formed from the upper jaw that curls up outside the lips, right? So what are the Babirusa's upper canines doing? Uh, when most teeth are forming in the upper jaw, they have dreams of traveling south to bite, chew, and gnaw. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it did, and I love it. I love it, too. <laughs> Not so with the Babirusa's upper canines. They travel up through the jaw and emerge from the top of their snout. Ew. Talk about growing pains. But uh, they don't stop there. They grow up and curve back toward the forehead. According to recovered skulls, the tusks can grow so far as to impale the head of the animal, possibly killing it. So picture, if you will, in your mind's eye, they have lower canines that come out of their lips, kind of like canine, uh, kind of like warthog tusks. And then, and they, they, those grow straight up. And then they have two teeth coming straight out of the top of their nostril and curling back. It's it's it's, it's it looks like a dental It's like nightmare. two giant like uh wheelchair wheels coming out of its face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's very it's it's very curved. There's an immediate curve back towards the face. I'm looking at pictures of them right now and I'm seeing that several of these specimens are very close to death. Yes, we'll talk about that. So, What are these dangerous face ornaments for? The answer to that has eluded researchers. Typically, tusks and horns are used for a variety of reasons. Digging, self-defense, intraspecific fighting, which is another word for like uh, ritual combat or competition among males of the same species, and then just as a mating display. Uh, unlike warthogs, female ba- Babirusa lack prominent tusks. So Babirusa, like you said, also don't have rostral bones that allow them to dig with their snouts like other pigs. So instead, 
they live above ground, unlike warthogs, and prefer shallow roots to digging deep in hard soil, mm-hmm. like you said. Prominent mammal expert and my kind of guy, John McKinnon, <laughs> submitted a paper in 1981 about the function of Babirusa tusks. He says the wear patterns of structure, uh, the wear patterns and structure of the tusks suggest that the lower teeth are used offensively, while the curved upper teeth are used defensively. However, a video by the Smithsonian Channel contradicts that assertion. They say that tusks are brittle and break easily when they are smacked against things. Uh, They also show footage of two males fighting by going up on their hind legs and boxing with their forelegs, keeping their snouts up to avoid contact. So... So, who knows? The Smithsonian also reports that males with long tusks attract attract more mates. Because they're about to die. <laughs> we got to get in before they croak. Uh, the tusks never stop growing, and, they, and long-lived males usually have the longest tusks. So, perhaps the fact that some males are able to keep brittle tusks for a long time shows their survival prowess. Maybe it's a combination of the two, uh, the Smithsonian, th- the Smithsonian's thing, and McKinnon's thing. Uh, perhaps males try to break another, each other's tusks through competition, and avoiding, and, and they avoid damage to their own tusks. So, th- so that would explain like why they try to get up in their hind legs and box each other, like they're trying to knock those tusks off, but they're trying to keep their own tusks away from damage. That's my that's my guess, but it just seems like the worst possible fate an animal can have is to have your teeth at the rate that teeth grow slowly bore into your head over the course of like years. So the, I was thinking about that. So we know for for a fact that there are there's at least one or at least a few skull specimen where the 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 canine has entered the skull i know i'm looking at it so but where um i found a picture and the article was all about like we didn't know for a long time whether this was just a myth but then we found some skulls and it was true but if if the smithsonian's right and these things are so brittle how could they slowly bore into your skull without breaking because they can they can take that kind of sustained and slow and progressive stress, but they, they just can't take, um, Im- like, immediate impacts. Fast impacts. You know, like a, like a tree branch can, if it's growing, can grow through just about anything, but it's easily broken off. Well, if you look at a bunch of pictures of them, you'll see a lot of males with broke, like, one horn, one half horn. So they're, they're pr- pretty breakable, luckily for them, and also unluckily. Yeah, it sounds like the first thing I would want to do is break my tusks. Except for then you don't get any girlfriends. You don't get the ladies unless you're walking that razor's edge. So <laughs> or in just in constant agony. I guess, yeah. So, But the, the, the one article said that in, like there's a bunch of links on you'll find on ledaxonomy.com on the page for this animal. One of the articles said it only happens... It would only happen to the longest-lived, successful males. So, like, if if there's if something's getting their their tooth bored into their own skull, they're an old 
old animal. It's not, hopefully, something that happens all the I time. I don't know, I just see several different pictures of, uh, of baby Ruths, and it looks like if it's not already boring into their skull, that it's that it's about to. I have seen a lot of, like, they, sh- they show a lot of videos, and, like, it looks like it's right there. I mean, they just have no idea what what they're in for. <laughs> but, uh, that's all I got. All right, that was the, that was Baby Ruth. This is the Buru Babirusa. So for you out there in Podcastia, fight carefully. Don't be picky. And for goodness sake, take care of your teeth. Unlike the Babirusa here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey, LDT listeners, there are so many ways to listen to the show in 2020. You can learn about animals on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and countless other apps and podcatchers. However, as far as we can tell, the best way we grow is when you share the show with friends and family members. After that, reviews really help us grow. So if you don't mind taking the time, we'd really appreciate a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening and engaging. My favorite in the world podcast. <laughs>